0: Hello my friend, Coach Brad here. I absolutely love every single second of running this podcast and want to offer you more. You may remember in the past me saying my ultimate goal is to release one new episode a day. To attempt this, I've decided to try an experimental format. I'm going to open the Chasing Poker Greatness doors to folks like yourself, aspiring players. I'll be offering unique one-on-one coaching sessions and releasing these on the show for other players to learn from. Over the course of time, we'll reveal all of the pitfalls and stumbling blocks that folks go through learning this great game we all love. We'll not only cover hands, we'll also dive deep into any of the burning pains you might be experiencing, including mindset, tactics, performance, and anything else you have questions about. Our session will last for an hour plus, and the price will be $100, which is 33% cheaper than my normal one-to-one poker coaching sessions. If you'd like one of these very limited spots, simply visit enhanceyouredge.com guest and follow the instructions. One more time, that's enhanceyouredge.com guest. If you have any questions or concerns, Simply email me at brad at your Thank you very much for your time, and now on with the show. Poker's
1: legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is chasing poker greatness with your host, Brad Wilson.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome my friend to the chasing a poker greatness podcast. As always, This is your host, the founder of EnhanceYourEdge.com, Brad Wilson. And today's episode features one of my good friends who I have mentioned many times in previous episodes, Olympic gold medalist, elite performance coach, and author of The Responsibility Ethic, Adam Creek. Adam is an absolute wealth of knowledge on the subject of high performance, and despite having almost zero experience with the world of poker. Somehow, still managed to blow me away with poker relevant greatness bomb after greatness bomb. If you have some free time on your hands and want to sprinkle some inspired motivation to your day, I highly recommend you check out Adam's TED Talk titled I Seek Failure, which I will also link to in the show notes. In today's episode, you'll learn how to leverage the adrenaline dumps in your poker session to enter a state of flow the not-so-pleasant yet ultra-important way to reset your body's metabolism on a regular basis, why being a quote-unquote feel player is absolutely not a bad thing, how the power of belief can have positive benefits to your poker game, and much, much more. So without any further ado, I bring to you my friend, world-class performance coach and Olympic gold medalist, Adam Creek. Adam, good evening. How are we doing, sir? Life is good, Brad. That's good. I'm glad, in glad coronavirus
1: lockdown, and I am loving it.
0: Another <laughs> one to add to the coronavirus files on chasing poker greatness. Unsurprisingly, lots of lots of interviews done during this time. Lots of people that uh, magically have a lot of free time on their hands. Yeah.
1: I'm sure there's a lot of content that's being generated right now in the internet verse. (laughs) Think about, I just look at myself and my business, how it's um, shut down. I'm just generating a ton of content right now. And I can only imagine everyone else who's just generating, generating, generating content.
0: Ton. Not many people Mm -hmm. are consuming the audio content. Actually I found because Nobody's driving. Nobody's going to the gym. Nobody's doing the secondary oh. activities that typically entail podcast listening. I guess so. Unless you
1: have a backyard, you can put on the podcast and do 800 squats. You can do that in your living room too. 800 squats. That's your challenge.
0: 800 <laughs> squats. How many burpees? Just squats. Well, burpees, Just squats. 100
1: burpees. 100. I just say just squats. See if you can do 800 squats.
0: That's, a, that's too many squats. That's a lot. Of that's squats. a lot of squats.
1: Just air squats. <laughs> you, you'll probably get to about seven. If you're untrained, you might get to like 60 or 70 and be like, I can't do this anymore. Let's see if you can get to a hundred and then take a break and see if you can get 800 in a day. Massive legs. Great leg burn. Make you stronger, make you a better poker player Get the blood pumping to your brain
0: This this is a weird intro to this show I don't know <laughs> <laughs> We've officially gone off the rails um, Yeah, we're, we're off the
1: start It's only been two minutes into the, into the show And we're now
0: off the rails We're off the rails it's, two minutes in Let me try to steer us clear back back into uh, the, the realm of poker I wanted to start out by asking you personally how would you define greatness? It's an abstract term that can mean different things to different people. How would you personally define greatness?
1: Greatness is a feeling, you know, a feeling of accomplishment, a feeling of impact, a feeling of of influence and power. And I would say Greatness is, like you said, it's different for every individual. But I'd say greatness tends to, let me wheel back. I'm, I'm, I'm conflating greatness with just like being super happy and loving your life. But I think to be great is just simply to be the best at something. If you're great, you're, you've done something that's better than anyone else, and you're at the top of your game, You can't be great for your entire life, but you can be great for a moment in time. And for that moment in time, you can be absolutely excellent and you can do something or create something or uh, influence something that will have an impact that will last forever.
0: What does that journey look like to you? The journey to reaching greatness. Journey to greatness.
1: It's a lot of hard work, a lot of focus. A lot of effort, a lot of luck. It's, uh, you know, I had a friend who was a, he was a billionaire from gold, gold mining stocks. And he got his break. It was actually an interesting story. He was just playing in the penny stock space. He had a gold mine in Nevada and it started, it's just started to tank. <laughs> and there were some rumors that circulated and the stock price went from being really low to spiking up to 100 times its value for about a week and during that time he liquidated all his stocks and took the cash bought a few other more productive gold mines and now has one of the biggest gold companies in the world and you would say you know his secret was always having your shoulder to the grindstone Always be working, always be sharp, always be on. Because when opportunity shows up, you need to be sharp and you need to be on and ready to take advantage of that opportunity. You know, like like Eminem says, opportunity knocks once in a lifetime. <laughs> so better be ready to go and you know open the door. Cause if you're if you're in a slump and you're having a bad day when opportunity comes knocking, then it's gone. And your opportunity for greatness is gone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. the The preparation. What is what is the saying that luck is when preparation meets opportunity? Mm,
1: I think I think that is. I I agree with that. <laughs> if you're prepared, you have the skills.
0: As it relates to poker, there there have been guests. I know Matt Berkey, uh, one of the guests of Chasing Poker Greatness, where there was a summer where there was a group of guys that were playing stakes that were abnormal in Vegas at the World Series of Poker. And by abnormal, I mean there were multiple million-dollar pots played in cash games, and that was an opportunity that didn't last very long. And while it did last, he took advantage of it. But if he wasn't prepared, if he didn't have the systems in place, he would never would have been able to put himself in that position to play in those games. And... When it comes to poker, there are a lot of these opportunities that pop up that I've seen over the years. There's the rise of the Chinese apps where the games were really, really good. So if you had a good skill base, you had a name in poker, people were contacting you to put you in these games where they're playing for just an absurd amounts of money and not very good. Um, there's... I talk about Nick Nick Howard and Poker Detox and their system. If you're a break-even or struggling cash game player, I think this is an opportunity. If you're mentally strong, if you're prepared to play full-time, that you can take advantage of it and come out the other end ready to pursue in earnest a poker career at the end of the day. So I'm right there with you. I wanted to ask you about the body, right? The body while folks are playing poker. So, when you say you run a big bluff, right? Your adrenaline spikes, your heart rate elevates, and the bluff goes through and then the hand ends. Like what's happening in those moments in your body? Like can you quantify that process?
1: Yeah. So when so you have two major you know, autonomic parts of your nervous system, you have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. You know, the parasympathetic, you know, you can think paralyzes you. It's your rest and digest system. It's the system that calms you down. It's the system that allows you to digest your food. Uh, The other one is the fight and flight. We've heard of that. uh, And that is the uh, sympathetic nervous system. And when you call a big bluff or you have a big bluff and everything's pumping, 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 that's what's firing up. You're, you're perceiving the risk and you're getting ready to, to do something. And a lot of interesting things happen when, you know, when your nerves start firing at that level. One, you start mobilizing more glucose in your body. So in fact, there's more energy going to your brain. Uh, you start absorbing more oxygen. So in fact, there's there's more oxygen going to your brain. Your blood vessels start to dilate. So you're actually getting more nutrients to your brain. So there's a lot of positive physiological results of, of that stress shock and that stress attack. One of your primary responses to that stress attack should be simply, <gasps> you know, taking a, a deep breath. And a funny thing happens when you start taking a deep breath and actually breathing in so deeply that you're, you're putting pressure on your lower diaphragm right above your stomach. You start pressing down on something called your vagus nerve. And when you press down on your vagus nerve, you send a signal to your autonomic nervous system that you're safe, that you're really, truly okay. And you start firing up your, your, your rest and digest nervous system too. It takes a long time for your fight and flight nervous system to actually wind down, but you can take advantage of it if you also elevate your rest and digestive system to the same level of as your fight and flight system. And so what happens is all of a sudden you have fight and flight going at a high level and then <sighs> taking deep breaths, telling yourself that you're safe, that you're okay, having having good mental imagery, you can elevate your rest and digest system up. And that actually puts you into a higher state of uh, consciousness. It can put you into a state called the flow state, where all of a sudden, thinking becomes more clear, you'll have moments of insight, time will pass quickly or seem to move more slowly, it will be almost like you are um, you're on a drug you know the ultimate performance enhancing drug you know per, perhaps and so an adrenal spike i think there's you know there's three steps that i think you, we each need to go through to make sure that we're actually turning on the the rest and digest system to uh to complement the fight and flight system so that you have your ultimate mindset and can take ultimate advantage of that kind of adrenal shock the first one is you know to manage it to you know to take a deep breath uh the second one is to own it so you so you say thank you you know thank you stress thank you adrenal shock this is amazing i'm so glad that I'm being filled with energy. I'm so glad that there's more oxygen going to my brain, more glucose going to my brain, brain, more nutrients going to my brain. I'm now actually a more able human because of this adrenal shock. And then finally is to actually own the state you're in. You chose to play this poker game. You didn't have to play the poker game. You chose to be here and be in this state. So, So this is amazing. This is yours. And now that you have that, you can move into action and you can take whatever action that you need to take. you can think about the next move you can think forward a few moves you can i, I don't know how to play poker i'm I'm not a poker player, but I am you know i'm I am a performance coach and a performance expert, and uh, I've had experience playing at the top of the world
0: but what what happens after so these adrenaline spikes are very common in poker where I think Mm -hmm. they're probably less common in other pursuits where multiple times a session and obviously um, for the folks listening at home, you know, online, this, this is applicable more so to online because (laughs) if you you can't start breathing real deeply when you're nervous at a live poker table (laughs) and uh, that the, you're incentivized basically to swallow all emotions and just put on stone face in a live poker setting, um, in order to. Or not you get could away train anymore.
1: yourself. Or you could train yourself in a live poker session just to actually take full breaths all the time. I think breathing training would be fundamental to anyone who wants to take their their poker to the next level, because if you could sit there and and just and constantly using your, your full lungs instead of just the top 10% and train yourself to do that one you're going to give your body far more ex, far more oxygen and energy you'll be able to think clear you'll be more present and then when the the inevitable adrenal spike happens you're actually going to be in a higher state of consciousness
0: and have more ability to take advantage of the situation These are, these are greatness bombs. I love them. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by this um, because this is something that I need to implement into my game on a daily basis as well. What happens after the adrenaline spikes and then it goes away, say after, I'm not even sure how long it lasts. What's the next process look like in internally?
1: An adrenaline spike will typically last for 90 seconds to three minutes. There's a guy out of uh, Stanford University, Robert Sapolsky. He studied baboons and people who worked in healthcare and large bureaucracies, and he found he said, you know, on the Savannah, it's after three minutes. There's like three minutes of screaming fury after which either you're dead or you're hungry. You know, you're dead or it's dead or you're hungry, and so you have all this like. That's what we're designed for. That's what the adrenaline spike for is to actually to do something in a short period of time. So afterwards, if you don't have the appropriate, if you don't metabolize the adrenaline and you don't adri- metabolize the cortisol on a regular basis, it it ends up leaving remnants in your system. And I, I don't know the exact science behind this because I'm not a scientist. You'd have to talk to an endocrinologist or someone like this, but I can tell you from personal experience, there are a few things I know that will metabolize this. And you need to make sure if you're having these spikes on a daily you know, basis, you should also have habits to actually clear out your adrenal system and refuel it on a, on a daily basis, on a regular basis. And there are a few things that can rejig it. One is cold water immersion. So cold water immersion will help metabolize all of your extra adrenal bits and just <laughs> help burn it out what so does that will look do ext-
0: what does that look like cold water immersion how long
1: so you'd want to go you'll hop into a cold something that's cold say seven degrees celsius 44 degrees fahrenheit kind of thing so cold water Enough that you go, you step in, and you're like, oh, "This is really cold. This is really uncomfortable. I don't want to be here. This is awful." That, and what will happen is, you'll go in, and any normal person who's not training for anything would go in, and within ten seconds they're out, and you don't you don't have any benefit from that. Where the benefit really starts to show up, you'll you you'll go in, you have the freak out, and then you stay through the freak out until about. Three minutes, and you get over the hump. And once you're over the hump, you've—that's when you've started to actually burn off all of the this excess cortisol and adrenaline and, and uh, the metabolic, you know, remnants. And your body starts to reset. And they and from a recovery standpoint, probably about six minutes is the ideal standpoint—the ideal amount of time to stay in cold water immersion. Cold showers can do something similar. It's less effective because obviously it's just a trickle of water on your body versus it's still uncomfortable. So that's one thing you can do. Sauna is another great thing you can do. You know, 20 minutes in the sauna, get up to a high sweat, a hot sweat, work it off, burn off the sweat. That's another way. And exercise, just exercise on a standard, you know, low-level aerobic exercise, I'd probably stay away from uh, lactic threshold type work. What does lactic uh, threshold ex- mean? That's where if you were to go stand up and start running as hard as you could right now, about 30 to 45 seconds into it, your all the glycogen in your body would be maxed out and you'd start panting and start going, <gasps> This is really uncomfortable. this is really painful i'm I don't want to keep up this pace and you you slow down and so that's that's right around you know the lactic threshold is right when your glycogen metabolism the ability of your body to create energy out of out of sugars is at its maximum, and you're you're starting to metabolize oxygen and you pr- produce this byproduct called lactic acid. And your body has to learn how to metabolize lactic acid and going too deep into that would create more adrenal stress, more adrenal fatigue, more cortisol stress. You'd want to hover right below your lactic threshold. You want to push the upper limits of, of aerobic level training. Uh, that was, so it's, you know, just uncomfortable, like not really, really uncomfortable. And so if, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of aerobic training, could do that for you. So if you're getting into that meditative state, that's a, that's a great way to to burn off the, you know, the extra stress metabolites. And really what you're, what you're trying to do is boost your metabolism, right? This is what we're talking, when we talk about metabolism, we talk about your body's ability to, to turn over and to refresh
0: itself. And um, from a, an accountability standpoint, what would you suggest? Because you know, what you're saying is fairly uncomfortable for folks, right? Like sitting in a cold mm-hmm. bath for six minutes, fairly uncomfortable. Maintaining aerobic exercise for 20 minutes will be fairly uncomfortable. How do you stay accountable and make sure that you are doing this on a daily basis so that you are able to play poker and perform at a peak level?
1: It it depends you know how motivated you are. No one can maintain that kind of schedule overnight. You know, change happens slowly. I think it's to, it's important to recognize that. You know, if you decide that you want to adopt, we're talking about habit change and behavior change now. You want to actually, you want to make it as easy as possible, so that you will, so that you will start to engage in the the activity. So I would say to I would encourage you to go and get a buddy who you can do it with who can hold you accountable hire a coach a pro, you know a productivity coach a, phys- a fitness coach you can get them I, on the internet there's a website called coach.me You can hire people for like 47 bucks a month to keep you accountable to taking a cold shower or to you know, adopting an aerobic regime you know it's even better if you have a friend a close friend that you can say hey look i'm trying to do this will you do it with me you know and that's for example for the cold water immersion i wouldn't do it on my own as regularly as i do if i didn't have a group i've got a group of there's like four guys (laughs) we get together old olympians small business owners uh old guys who worked in the special forces and uh you know paratroopers that kind of thing schlubs we (laughs) schlubs (laughs) like we get together and we'll like we'll hop in the ocean and if i didn't have this group i'd like i wouldn't do it near because it's uncomfortable like even for me i've been doing it at least once a week for the last two and a half years and it's still uncomfortable
0: yeah I guess that's sort of that that's where the power in it lies, right? If it were comfortable, then maybe it mm-hmm. wouldn't be as beneficial
1: no it's if you want to do great things, you have to do hard things. I love that I love that yeah If you have mm-hmm. a new habit you know to be a better poker player, you also have to have a healthy body, healthy mind, you have to f- flush out your adrenal adrenaline system so you don't get adrenal exhaustion, you know to a certain extent. You can be, if you start to experience adrenal exhaustion, you can be afraid of your adrenaline more than you can be afraid of the risk that you're facing in, an, in a poker game.
0: What does that look like? How does that manifest?
1: Well, I can, I can go back to my own experience as, as an Olympic rower. When I was an Olympic rower, we could only race probably three times a year because we would push so hard and so deep and put our body into such a pit of exhaustion that you would be physically terrified to go to that level again and you had your you know all of your hormones would fire at max when you when you're sitting on the start line it's international racing you got the germans you got the chinese you've got you know you've got the british and you're you're looking at them and you're you're terrified but then you're also <sighs> Right. taking the deep breaths and you're activating, you know, that higher state of being, you know, sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems are all firing, but then on the, on the other side, you're exhausted, you're fried. You're absolutely fried. And if you were to like three days later after the race have to do something, you would have a subpar, suboptimal performance at, at the best because everything in you is, is burnt out. But you you wouldn't be able to do that unless someone had their gun to your head. Cause you would be physically, you just mentally, your, your brain would stop you from going there. Because your brain wants to be safe. It doesn't want to you doesn't want you to be hurt. And so if you're if you're experiencing adrenal overload, you need to make sure that you're giving your adrenal system time to recover so that your your brain and your body isn't having some kind of physiological response saying, ah, I need, I need some rest here. But you've, you know, your brain wants to go, but your body's saying no.
0: Yeah, I mean, from a poker sense, this just would mean that you're not going to put in as much energy. You're going to play your C game to avoid... Taking the steps that that are needed to play your a game and push yourself back to that point.
1: to stay sharp to stay on to, t- to take the
0: right risks. It's just you, it's just maintaining that level of peak performance. If you if, mm-hmm. if you're scared of it, then naturally you're not going to maintain it so you're going to try to conserve and you're going to just by nature, not invest as much energy into each decision and each decision, which leads you to playing, you know, a C game or a D game. You're putting in volume, you're putting in time, but it's not super high quality, high intensity time. Mm-hmm. You look like you want to say something.
1: I'm just thinking of a <laughs> just different aphorisms that have been told to me over, over time. One is mileage makes champions. And the second, and there are two. They're combating aphorisms, right? One is "mileage makes champions." That was from my Olympic coach, who also got it from this great guy called Thor Thor Nielsen, who's a, a Norwegian coach. And the other one is "perfect practice makes perfect." So there is, you want to be training in the right grooves when you're training. You don't want to be so exhausted that your bad habits become your main habits, but at the same point in time, sometimes you just need to put in the hours and you need to put in the hands and put in the miles.
0: So when you think of high performance in your life and joy, what's the first memory that comes to mind?
1: High performance and joy. I think of just being free as a child playing outside high-performing living high-performing kid well i i think there's an element of high performance ultimate high performance shows up when you are in flow you like to a certain extent you you want to be living your childish nature when you are in high performance you want to have enough skill that you can let go and follow instinct as much as your intellect.
0: What does instinct mean? Can we quantify that? Because I love, I love this. And there's this, there's a big debate as far as like, especially in poker, where poker is a game, you know, there's an insult that folks like to throw around on the internet that somebody's a quote, unquote, feel player, versus somebody being a more mathematical or strategic player. And so tell me what instinct, intuition means to you.
1: The body holds intelligence that the brain can never understand. I'm going, say, I'm going to say it one more time. The body holds intelligence that the brain can never understand. But We're using our brain right now. We're talking through, you have know, to try and communicate an experience. But when we talk about, you know, instinct or we talk about being a feel player, there's a lot of knowledge held within even the neurological fibers within our arms within our gut within our legs you know within our loins within all these different parts of our body that the brain you know brain can have access to you can have a, a sense of intuition and i think there's you know we we have a greater sense of of feeling you use your brain to actually, you can be a cognitive analytical player. And I'd say the best players would probably have a little bit of both, right? You would have to have, you'd have to have good feels as well as having a good intellect. So if you have a very good strategy, as well as high attunement to your feelings and the energy sphere, then that that's where you take your game to the next level. And so what needs more work? Do you need to be more analytical or do you need to, to work on your, your, your feeling sense? When I talk about intuition, and you think about intuition, there's, there's, there's shared experiences, I think, that all of us have had that proves there, there is a deeper level of this intuition. For example, have you ever sat there, been working, focused on something, you feel like someone's watching you, and you look up, and someone's staring at you? Yes. In a coffee shop, or where does that come from? How do I sense the fact that someone who's over there, who's 12 feet away from me, just kind of staring at me, thinking like, who's this balding Viking large human? (laughs) And why does that laptop laptop look so small on his hands? Who knows what they're thinking, but you feel it and you look up. And the other one was you're thinking of someone and you haven't thought of them forever. You're thinking of someone and then you decide to call them and then you phone them up and you say, yeah, I just felt like I should give you a call. And they're like, I was just thinking about you too. I was just about to give you a call
0: too. Yeah. This, this happens, happens, happens all the time. Like, oh, that's really mm-hmm. weird. I was just thinking about you. I was thinking about giving you a call too. What do you make of that? So there's, well, that's intuition. That's so there, we, yeah, that's, the human brain can't make anything out of it.
1: No, the human brain can't make anything out of it. And we haven't proven it. And maybe someone who's, who's smarter than me and or smarter than you, who, you know, they can, they'll figure out why this works. At the end of the day, it's, it's empirical knowledge. We just, we know that it exists. We know that we have an intuition. You know that you can go and you can, I can put my hands over different people and I can, I can sense from them I can sense from them whether they're stressed or whether they're relaxed or whether they're and I can I can read all this knowledge just by by sensing and being open to you know the energy field that the, the person is putting off. And we have and it's something beyond beyond what we can cognitively define. And we can talk about it and we can develop the skill a little bit. But I was, you know, I, I go down a little bit more of the, I, I, like, towards, well, I want to maximize both. I want to maximize both my intuition and my intellect. And even when I went to, when I went to the Olympics, one of the things that I learned about was this, uh, was this therapy called body talk. And we've talked, I think we've talked about this before. There's, I don't think no? so. No, I don't think so. So it's. So there's a there's a woman by the name of of Susan Stenson she became my body talk practitioner. And there are blockages that each of our bodies will hold. You know, energetic blockages that will will be held.
0: And this is like acupuncture does, does, right?
1: It's it's kind of like acupuncture except she goes through um a question uh, a matrix of questions and she does muscle testing on my thumb. And so she'll She'll ask me a question in her mind. So she won't ask it out loud. She'll ask me a question in my mind. And if my thumb resists, then it stops. And if it, uh, it's no. Or if it resists, it's yes. And if I give out, it's no. So she asks me the questions. And I don't know exactly the technique, but she'll go through. And I, w- I went through this. She'll remove emotional blockages and she'll remove spiritual blockages that your body body is putting up
0: that will stop you from getting what you, you, you truly need. Yo, Coach Brad here, and I have a very simple question. How would you like an opportunity to join Nick Howard's crew at Poker Detox? This is a chance for you to have world-class coaching and hop on the fast track to destroying online cash and MTTs without risking your own money or enduring years of pain trying to figure things out on your own. I recently had the good fortune to go behind the scenes with Nick and his detox crew to experience for myself their training methods, and quite frankly, I was blown away and have never seen anything like it. The Poker Detox system is both powerful enough to supercharge your game and simple enough to implement hand after hand. In the last year, they have verifiably fast tracked multiple players from 50 no limit all the way up through 1k no limit. And on average, their players are winning eight big blinds per hundred on non-app sites across all stakes with the majority of volume being played at 200 through 500 no limit. However, this opportunity is not for wannabes or lazy bums. This is for folks who are obsessed and want to do the work so that they can reach their full potential as poker players. To qualify, you must be able to provide a break-even or winning graph in cash games or MTTs over the last three to six months and be willing to play full-time. To take the next step, all you have to do is send me that graph via email, brad at enhance your or send a direct message to at enhance your edge on twitter and i'll personally guide you through the next step in the process once again that email is brad at your and the twitter handle is at EnhanceYourEdge. your edge thank you for your time i'd love to hear from you soon and now back to the show So this this is this is in the realm of woo wooy. So I do want to investigate oh, yes. a little. Um, yes. Tangible benefits? Do you think there's a placebo effect? What's your what's your yeah. experience tell you? Well,
1: <clears throat> placebo effects are great. So my my opinion is that if you can believe in it, and I I've, I've got a friend who's a sports physiologist and he'll say I believe in the placebo effect and I try to get I, I try to encourage that within my athletes as much as possible because the more belief that you have you know the more positive results you will have so I think there you know there could be an element of placebo effect I can also tell you a story you know I, before the I went to her initially because I had back I had back pain and so she went through and she said, oh, you're having some issues with your, your father in connection to like the male energy in your life. Let's just release that. And so she helped with, um, you know, help with the back pain. And then she said, when you go to the Olympics, uh, I want to give you a performance energy shield. And I want to make sure that this performance energy shows up so that you have your best game at the Olympics. And I was like, well, what's. Uh, what's it cost? And she says, I'll just, I'll throw it in for free. I was like, okay, <laughs> that sounds great. How much time will this take? Oh, it might take 15 minutes. Okay, let's do this. Give me my shield. And so she started, yeah, give me my performance energy shield. And so like, she did it. I didn't tell anyone about it on my team because there's, it's kind of weird. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so I show up to the Olympics and I'm starting to think, where's my performance energy shield. And so she said two things. One Oh, it's going to show up at your heat, and at my, as an Olympic rower, we had a heat, a repassage, and a final. And so when she said, "It's like okay, i you know, I can put the shield around on your heat, but your repassage, it's not. I'm not able to. I can't give you one for the repassage." And I said, "Well, if I win my heat, then I there's no repassage." She's like, "Well, looks like you're going to win your your heat." Okay. And then, said, <laughs> and then, okay, I'll give you one for your final. So she put one around for the final. So we show up, we're on the race course, we're in Beijing, China. And obviously I'm thinking like, oh, performance energy shield, going to show up. And she said, it will show up one hour before you cross the finish line. So energy knows time, no time or space. If anything changes, like the energy will know when it needs to show up. And we go up, we put the boat on the water and it's just shit. Like the boat's like flopping around nobody's in time it doesn't feel very good and i'm thinking where is this performance energy shield it should be showing up and then it was about 20 minutes before the race was about to start and lightning came it uh a race got delayed <laughs> we next day we show up boom boats set like a rock go off the start the aussies break a rudder they're about to ram into our boat. We were able to leapfrog them, get ahead. We win. We win the heat by a mile, no repishage, go to the final, win the final you know, performance energy shield. Boom. And did the performance energy shield cause me to win the Olympics? No. You know, but was it a tool in my toolkit? Yes. You know, could it have given me a 0.001% advantage over the competition? I think it did, you know, maybe even more than that. Cause
0: caused that, the lightning. That's <laughs> what caused co- it. could have caused light, or it just knew that the lightning was showing up. Right. That's true. It, it knew the lightning was showing up and it, it's not time to activate yet. We're doing this tomorrow.
1: Yeah. We're going to activate when you need to. And so there's, and it's making sure that your, your body is in alignment with your mind and it's in alignment with energy s- space. And I had her give, give me a performance energy shield when I took the rowboat across the ocean as well. And
0: How'd that story it, and, and end up?
1: Well, we capsized in the Bermuda Triangle. We were safe. We had the adventure of a lifetime. We generated a story of our lifetime. And in fact, the result was actually better than I could have even imagined. The capsize created more opportunity for me than a successful completion would have been. So it, it turned out being the perfect row I I wouldn't have changed anything about it and then I've also done it for various you know business I had her do one for I did a pitch competition and I won like a business pitch competition we won like $25,000 for this uh this this business I was running I had her do it again for a park near my house that we're trying to save and it hasn't been saved yet but it's still like it's on its it's on its way and so I just I keep coming back when I have big things, big events that I want to work out. I have her
0: do the performance energy shield around it just to make sure it's just to try try to get line. that edge. You're, you're going well, to be the edge. You're going to be inundated by folks who want their own performance energy shield after this episode goes live. By the way, so just be prepared <laughs> to uh, release the information. I will. You can get it in my book, The Responsibility Ethic, chapter yeah. twelve embrace (laughs) providence
1: (laughs) but it's it's simple it's really simple you know and i think that there is it is part of the mental game and if you can and i think this is what it comes down to if you can find something that gives you confidence you can find something that gives you an edge that it inspires belief then do it and if there is if if there seems to be a relatively low cost, and the results, even if the results is, is just a positive feeling, a feeling of, ah, I did something, that's worth it. Whether or not you can prove it or not, and I think you can even do the Pascal's wager. And, and you know if I do this and it works, well, then it's worth it. If I do it and it doesn't work, well, how much did I lose?
0: For those that might not be if familiar, I, what's what's the what's Pascal's wager? Or Pascal's wager
1: was about, uh, he's deciding whether or not he should believe in God and become a Christian. And so Pascal uh, was figuring out, well, should I be a, a Christian and believe in God or not? So say there's a heaven. Let's, let's say there's a heaven. If there's a heaven and I believe, then I'm going to heaven there's a heaven and I don't believe, then I'm going to hell. If there's no heaven and I believe, well, I'm just dead. If there's no heaven and I don't believe, well, I'm just dead. And he ended up saying, well, the, the biggest risk is if there's a heaven and I don't believe. And either way, whether I believe or I don't believe, I'm just dead at the end of it. So might as well just believe that there's a heaven and that I'm going to go there.
0: And poker now, poker players call this implied odds implied odds okay yes it's uh implied odds mean like basically you risk $2 and if you make your hand you make an additional like $200 right so like you you're risking a very small amount for an asymmetrical result of something very large and with yes. pascal's wager you're risking only belief that has a lot of implied odds behind it um Mm and that you can exist in some form or fashion forever exactly
1: and so when we're talking about you know the energetic realm and finding can you find some kind of spiritual advantage some kind of Placebo advantage? Can you say your little prayer to the gods? Can you light your incense? Can you have someone do energy work upon you? Can you ask someone? Can you pay them five bucks on Fiverr to come give you a positive energy shield shock? Well, maybe you could do that. Maybe that becomes your little ritual and you you have someone to to deliver a prayer on your behalf before every big game. And if that gives you that extra edge. And sometimes it can only be, you know, a fraction of an inch, but sometimes that's what you need to make it over, over the hump. And every person is different and they need to figure out what works with their intellect and what works with their intuition.
0: A previous guest of the show, Andrew Lucky Chewy Lichtenberger. We've talked, up, we've talked about, uh,
1: Lucky Chewy Lichtenberger. That's a great name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's a big believer. He's, he, he's, I love, I love Lucky Chewy. He's just, he's a great guy. I love his outlook on life, and he's a big believer in energy at live poker tables and reading his ability to read energy and the fact that humans are emitting em- energy. And he he said a few times that based on the energy that that he's gotten and he can't even prove it that he just knows the cards of the opponent based on his intuition and the energy that he's getting at the table can't quantifiably prove it because those hands never went to showdown he never actually got the the knowledge but he does believe that he was right and he does trust his intuition when it comes to energy and you know for a lot of people this is uh especially a lot of analytical, mathematical-driven human beings, this is sort of outside of their realm of comfort, if you will.
1: Oh, and I think it's it's important to recognize what kind of personality you have. You know, think of the EST or um, the Myers-Briggs personality assessment, right? E, you've, you've got the, the four components that um, you've got introversion and um extroversion right and then you've got sensing versus feeling right then you have oh, sensing versus intuition thinking versus feeling and judging versus perceiving so you have these these four different opposite ends of of the personality spectrum so you'd have you know for example thinking versus feeling You'd have analytical types who are very, they they don't have good perception. Like You're borderline autistic. And if you're borderline autistic, you're not going to have very good intuition. You're not going to be able to feel what other people are saying. Because guess what? You can't even read other people's emotions when you're having conversations with them. So of course you're going to poo-poo it because your experience shows you that you can't sense other people's feelings and you've never really had that skill set. And chances are you won't, because that's just how your brain, how you're born, and how your brain actually works. Okay. And then there's people who've got a really strong into, you know, intuitive standpoint. And you know what? If you're trying to argue on online forums about whether thinking versus feeling, who's going to win every single time? The thinkers are always going to win, because the feelers won't know the the logic to use. They won't. They, they just won't have they won't have that. that's not their skill set arguing. You know, finding you know path logical pathways. Yeah. So I I think people who are all about like the thinking poker, they're they're high in sensing, they're high in uh, high in thinking. The people who are who've got intuition, they're high in you know, high in intuition, high in feeling from an, a Myers-Briggs standpoint. And I wouldn't say I'd say both. You know, from my worldview, both would be pretty effective in being a good poker player, but you you'd really just need to own how you're you're operating it, and people are not going to like you. Like the extreme intellectuals will poo poo you because they they can never understand it, and then the intuitives will like they might just want to keep it a secret because they can't one they can't explain it, and two it's a secret advantage so why share it
0: yeah that's great i love that so basically understand yourself understand how you're operating how your personality works and then lean into your own strengths so that mm-hmm. you can maximize your ability based on your you know the your biology how you were born your genetics that's uh mm-hmm. that is a, another greatness bomb this conversation has been full of them by the way i i'm loving this i have a few lightning round questions for you. And then we can, okay. if you could recommend one book on performance to the chasing poker greatness audience, what would it be and why?
1: Well, other than my own book, the responsibility ethic, which I <laughs> recommend you guys. I would get, I'd recommend the power of full engagement by um, Jim Lauer and Tony Schwartz. It's an older book, maybe 10 15 years old, but it, um, it, it really speaks to the holistic mindset that you're promoting on this podcast. It talks about the importance of, of periodized rest, the importance of good nutrition, the importance of, uh, of, of good, strong relationships in your life to keep performance at an optimal level.
0: I love that. And I do want to talk about your book, by the way, because I've – your book is one – I have read your book, right? I read your book pre-release. I haven't read the actual full finished version of it because I I read it and then um, gave you some of my small little feedback. But um, I loved it. I've read a lot of books. Before I did the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast, I did another podcast called The Process – and everybody on the show pretty much had was an author in some form or fashion. And 98% of those books I did not love. <laughs> they were They were struggles to get through. Yours, I loved. I read it from you know from cover to cover very, very quickly. It resonated with me very much. I, I am still of the opinion that I liked inches better, but um, you know, your focus group, Throughout out inches because of uh, a parent's sexual connotation but um yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think the, the exact words were your cover looks like a big black dick and it <laughs> says inches <laughs>
0: <laughs> that,
1: that's, that was the case kind of, so, oh, okay yeah well well let's call it the responsibility
0: ethic instead Cause of the rowboat now everybody you, you just yeah. gave everybody a great reason to look up the responsibility ethic to look at the cover um and see what it reminds them of, but you are writing a you know you're you're going for book number two, so you could have had yep. two inches and three inches you could have just I'm, it could have gone on forever
1: I could have kept growing and growing <laughs> and growing you know eventually get to the twelfth inch wow
0: <laughs> so sixteen satisfying. sixteen inches.
1: Can't oh. no, no more. Well, it reminds me of some of those coronavirus memes going around. Have you seen them? I haven't. I haven't seen the memes. Okay. I will, I will send you some texts afterwards. Maybe you can put it in the show notes or maybe not.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll, I, I'm sure they're great. We'll see how much courage I have. Um, yeah. <laughs> for the show notes portion of the, of the, after the pod. Uh, <laughs> For folks who are, you know, driving on their way to the casino, ready to play cards, if they were going to drive past a billboard, what would you put on that billboard?
1: What would I put on it? I'd put "Breathe, be grateful, own it."
0: I love that. That's brings everything full circle. Very perfect, easy billboard material. Breathe. Period be grateful period and own it my friend it's always a pleasure speaking with you spending time with you you know engaging in fellowship you're you're one of my favorite people mm-hmm. in the world I, I very much enjoy it and the final question is where can the chasing poker greatness audience find you on the world wide webs
1: world wide webs you can use this great tool it's called uh, Google have you heard of it
0: uh, no. uh, maybe um, a little. F- little familiar it's kind of
1: like kind of like bing and duck duck go but if you go to google you can put in my name which is k-r-e-e-k adam creek and uh you can find me on twitter i'm on instagram i'm on linkedin and i'm a pretty accessible guy so if you you want to know more just reach out and chances are we'll
0: have a conversation Love it, man. Uh, I hope folks do reach out for you. Not too many, but some that need help because you you are—you know—you're a boon to folks who are trying to attain greatness, and um, just a great guy. I I wish all everybody could be friends with you. You, You—you just uh, just a great dude. But thanks, uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for your energy. I appreciate it. Let's do it again. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. If you have yet to subscribe to the show, please take a second to do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be. For more content from me, Coach Brad, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash enhance your edge, and I'll see you next time.